You're listening to The Real Health Podcast by Ebony May. And at the end of the day, why? For what punishment does your body deserve to go through all that, you know, hardcore fitness or hardcore dieting or whatever it is, just harassing it and then burning out as as everyone kind of does if you if you burn the candle too hard, I think. Welcome back to the Real Health Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ebony May, and today is Friday, which means I am dropping an interview episode. This interview is with Christina, a Pilates teacher with a love and passion for movement. Christina speaks about how she fell in love with Pilates, her role as a Keep It Cleaner wellness trainer, and gives her best advice for those starting out on their own fitness journey. I so enjoyed this chat, and I know you're going to love it as well. Without further ado, here is my interview with Christina. Christina, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. So excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So the first question I ask every single guest is, what does real health mean to you? Ah, oh, it's a big one, isn't it? For the first off the top of the rank. Um, <laughs> to me, I think it means, you know, meeting your body where it's at, right? You know, we can't live every single day feeling at our absolute, absolute optimal, but it's learning to understand what your body needs and when it needs it. Um, you know, and it's, and it's not a surface based thing that, that preconception that your, your look is indicative of your health is just not something that resonates with me. And I, I truly believe that, you know, after years of, of trying to be more in tune with my body and understand what it needs every single day. And like I said, meeting it where it's at, you're never going to wake up every single day of the week, feeling perfect, feeling well and healthy. Um, but yeah, it's about learning those intrinsic little things that make your body run at its best. Um, and you know, giving it that as, as much as you possibly can, I think. Mm, I love giving your body what it needs and meeting it where it's at. Sometimes we ask so much of our bodies that just isn't fair. So I think every single morning, just assessing where you're at, where you're at and what you need in that moment. Totally. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, we've all, well, lots of us have been on that path of like, you know, too much one way or too much the other way. So, and you need that sort of stuff. You need to kind of, you know, maybe work a little too hard or realize that you're really not doing as much as you could be to find that middle ground for yourself. It's all like a learning experience the whole way through. We get better at it as we go through life, I suppose. Oh, exactly. I don't think, in fact, I know I wouldn't be doing what I am today if I if I hadn't had those extremes in my life. So I definitely am thankful for them, but my biggest goal is to help people avoid those extremes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Try to speak from experience as best as we can. <laughs> <laughs> so the next segment we have is the real recap. So how has your last week been? Ooh, I mean, to be quite honest, quite good. Here in Melbourne, it's been super sunny. So as soon as the weather's nice, it's so much easier to be a positive person. Um, obviously, with our current situation being in a in a lockdown still, it's been rough. Um, but, you know, you kind of find the little, little nice things in each day. So, yeah, with the sun being out, it's been multiple walks. Um, obviously we try to break them up. So we're within our, um, you know, allotted time for being outside, but, um, yeah, even just like chilling in the backyard has been so nice. Trying to catch a little, little sunshine has been really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
it's feeling a little bit, it's like a weird flow state at the moment. Like time is just kind of moving. You're not really sure what's going on every day, but I don't know. It's just, it seems like it's passing and we're not really noticing. So it's a really weird phase and time at the moment. So this week has been, um, pretty much, it feels like pretty much all of the other weeks <laughs> in the past few, past few months, I guess. Yeah, I know. I'm in Melbourne as well. And I went for a walk yesterday and I actually was like sweating because it was so warm, um, which was so nice. But then today it's, I couldn't go for a walk because it was raining. <laughs> oh, I know it's, it's rough, isn't it? But it's so good to like, uh, the, my favorite feeling in the world is like hot sun on your butt when you're wearing black leggings. That's like the mm. most kind of weird thing, but like, nothing is better to me. I'm like, oh, that's it. Summer's coming. I can feel it. <laughs> no one's ever verbalized that to me, but I could not agree more. <laughs> okay. So I like to ask people what stage they're currently in. So this is kind of like what season you're in. Some people are in a season of hustle or a season of rest or preparation. How would you describe your season right now? Mm, definitely. Um, one of, I guess a little bit of transition, I think. Um, just with the way that uh, our industry is currently formatted, you know, we're doing everything from home and we're starting to really innovate on the way that we can bring health and fitness to people in their homes. You know, my job has changed entirely within the space of pretty much happened overnight. So, you know, we're learning all of these new ways to connect with people and to be able to bring them our services and, you know, bring them what they'd expect from a studio experience into their house, you know, via the internet or via on-demand uh, on classes and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's about uh, at the moment I'm just learning so much and developing so many new skills. It's I honestly didn't see this ever happening um, in my career, but it's been so amazing to just roll with the punches and, like, getting all of these amazing new um, offers. I've been working with um, brands like Lululemon and Style Runner and Keep It Cleaner, and it's been so cool to just – yeah, really expand on um, what it is I thought my craft was and turning it, you know, into something a little bit more um, expansive, I suppose, as well. Um, and I'm also preparing for um, a baby that is due in March of next year. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, and it's funny because I'm, I'm just starting into my second trimester and they call that the springtime of pregnancy. Um, so it coincides exactly right with springtime coming in for us. Um, so yeah, it's been good getting some energy back and feeling so much better, which is really nice as well. But yeah, lots of stuff going on this year. So it's funny that like, you know, it feels like stuff's not really changing, but in fact, everything has changed. Yeah. It's bizarre like that. Oh, I know. And uh, yeah, I teach classes as well through, through a gym and it's just so crazy when I was doing my certification, you just never would have thought it would be the way that it is today. But in some ways it's fantastic. I have been doing a few live workouts for the gym I worked with, but the national page. So people would be commenting like, oh, hello from Tasmania or hello from Queensland. I'm like, oh, otherwise I would never be training you. So I think it's cool in that way. So cool. Yeah, definitely. Your reach just becomes so much bigger than you ever thought it could be. You know, even at your biggest studio where you've got like 20 clients or whatever, you know, you had no idea that you could be teaching people who live in another side of the world or, you know, opposite side of the country. So yeah, it's a very cool, um, very cool opportunity that we've got. I think it's a very big plus side of everything that's going down. Mm, I think we need the plus side, <laughs> need the positive at the moment. <laughs> so how would you introduce yourself to someone if you were in an elevator and they said, who are you and what do you do? Hmm. Um, 
my everything that I every time I've kind of introduced myself to someone it's always the Pilates teacher thing that first comes come off the rank like it's so interesting how that pretty much defines who I am you know past it as a job but more of it as who I am as a person and trying to bring that little sense of joy to everyone's life whether it's through a Pilates class or not I'm always the kind of person that tries to bring that little bit of light to someone's day um so yeah I would always start with the my name's Christina I'm a Pilates teacher um which often is followed by the the classic also what else what else do you do um nope just (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't think I'm not really the kind of person that gives too much off the rank. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm in some ways I'm quite private and in others kind of quite open, but yeah, the Pilates teachers always the always top off the rank when I, when I talk about myself. <laughs> I'd love to know what is your approach and philosophy in regards to health and fitness? Mm. Um, I think this, this comes back to, you know, what, what health means to me and it's, like I said, I mean, I've definitely had my times where I've gone into the deep, deep extreme of just too much, too fast and too hard. Um, so these days it's, it's really about finding something that's sustainable for you. And that looks different on every person and everybody. Um, but for me and the way that I approach being healthy and fit throughout my whole life is, to find a way to bring or to feel joy in all of those little things that attribute to me being the best version of health and fitness that I can be for myself. So, you know, it's about finding, whether it's finding a new activity to go and do or, you know, perfecting your skills in the one thing. I mean, for me, I'm sort of a, quite an A-type personality. So I kind of find one thing, really stick to it and like, don't get over it for like four or five years. But yeah, it's like finding that that way of enjoying what it is you're doing, you know, not, not forcing yourself to say, Oh, well, I have to eat the salad because I need to be healthy. Well, like, no, you don't need to have the salad to be healthy. It's you get to do that. You have the ability to do that, but you also have all of this other stuff that you can do that can make you feel just as good. So yeah, it's about finding that, that way to not pressure myself into feeling like I have to do a certain thing. I feel like that went on a bit of a tangent, but <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. I suppose I suppose a more balanced and yeah sustainable approach because you know you're not just health and fit, healthy and fit for your twenties, right? There's your thirties, forties, all the way up until the day you die. You're hoping that you're as well as you can be all the way through. Um, and I think it's yeah, just being able to find something that I can sustain all the way through my life and all of its different stages. I love that so much. I'm super, super passionate about sustainability. And I think that that's the reason why I think if there's one thing that's driving you, if you've attached health to this one idea, then by the time you're 90, that's that's not going to stick. So I, I always say, if you're going to live it, you've got to love it. I think the only way for something to be sustainable is you've got to enjoy it and you've got to enjoy the process because otherwise, after you get to a certain point, you can only berate yourself for so long. You can only bombard yourself with things that you hate for so long. So I think sustainable sustainability is key. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, and at the end of the day, why? For what punishment does your body deserve to go through all that 
you know, hardcore fitness or hardcore dieting or whatever it is. And look, at the end of the day, everybody has their little niches and, you know, this is a big industry and it's multifaceted, you know, and there's a lot of sports that require you, and especially at the professional level, that you're required to have that sort of very in tune, really, really structured, regimented eating, training, sleeping, all of that sort of stuff. But, you know, I just feel at the end of the day, when you're like pushing 80, do you really want to be, you know, stuck in a chair, not being able to get up because, you know, you smashed it too hard when you were younger and now your body's just broken? Or, you know, would you rather find that pace that allows you to continue and progress through your whole life so that by the time you're 80, you're, you know, the most technically uh, progressed that you've ever been because you've, you know, solidly worked through at a pace that has allowed you to do that rather than just harassing it and then burning out as as everyone kind of does if you if you burn the candle too hard I think Mm. it is it is a big industry and it's a very diverse industry how do you make sure that the content you put out and the way that you put yourself out on social media plays a positive role within the industry Mm, it is such wow and uh, it's such a big question because I think you know, the more we learn and the more we start to listen to other parts of society, especially ones that, you know, maybe you haven't encountered in your life. It's, I was having a discussion about this the other day with one of my bosses that, you know, sometimes we forget if you're someone who's quite progressed in their thinking and, you know, you've always surrounded yourself with like-minded people who have a very open view of the world and you have surrounded yourself with lots of different kinds of people from, all sectors of society, you forget that some people haven't, right? So there are people who have only grown up with the same kind of person, with the same kind of background, who have the same kind of family. So, you know, we're so often we see people on social media making big mistakes in the way that they post, in the way that they write, in what they, you know, put out as being a positive image for them. And it's hard to kind of draw back and say, okay, well, maybe they just, I mean, they didn't know, right? And we all make those mistakes. Even if you're someone who has grown up being surrounded by very diverse types of people, you know, we still kind of always have the capacity to overlook and make a mistake about what it is we post. I remember when I first started my Instagram page, I posted a photo of what I looked like before a 35 kilo weight loss and what I looked like after. And, you know, looking back at that now, I've since deleted that post because it just doesn't feel like it aligns with what I'm about anymore. You know, it's, it's important to understand that everybody is a valid body. Every single body is perfect the way it is. And it's not anybody else's business to decide whether it is or whether it isn't at the end of the day. Um, and so, what I've tried so far to do is, is not so much, you know, someone asked me the other day, they were like, oh, what's with all the, first they asked me what, but what, what was up with all my BOPO posts? And I was like, what is a BOPO? And they were like, body positivity. I was like, ah, oh, okay. So it's not so much, yeah, that's how not with it I am, but it's not so much body positivity. It's just like, why is the body in the conversation? Why is my body a point of interest to you, right? So more than anything, I do my best to make it about the movement, make it about what I teach, what I do, what I can offer you in terms of how I can make you feel and how I can make you progress in your practices. Um, But, you know, very, it's not very often that I'll kind of talk about anything to do with 
body image, body size, you know, muscle tone technique, because there's so many different options. There's so many, sorry, different opinions on stuff like that. There's so many different sides to the story that, you know, I don't always feel it's my place to jump in on that conversation and feel like I'm, you know, a pioneer in that. Cause I just think for me, it's about the movement and it's always been about the movement. Well, not always, but for a long time now it's been about the movement. So yeah, I just make sure that it's, you know, as kind of, it kind of steers clear of any stigma, any like, this is right, this is wrong kind of thing. I think to sum it up, I, I don't like to draw lines anywhere. I've been looking lately at the concept of body neutral instead. Oh, full disclosure, I did not know what BOPO meant either, so (laughs) don't feel bad. (laughs) And pretty much it's just this idea of instead of, one, berating your body and and being really negative towards your body, you're, you're not doing that, but you're also not having to put that pressure on yourself to every single day be in love with your body and take a million selfies and like dance in the mirror it's this idea that your body is your body and you accept it and you have a neutral energy towards it just as if like you don't like for having a shower like you don't have lots I assume that you don't have this weird connotation with having a shower you don't think about the shower too much but once you're in the shower you have the shower you enjoy the shower and then it's done it's not something you think about all day it's not something you question all day it's not something you're insecure about it's just there and I really liked that concept such a good analogy for it yeah I mean that I think that's the that's the future of it right like the body shouldn't be your body shouldn't be the decider of whether you have a good or a bad day. You And I hate that it's a part, like it's such a part of human nature now and that sucks and I wish that it wasn't. But, you know, that's the reality. It's a fact that lots of people wake up in the morning and the first thought on their mind is what their body looks like that day, right? You're running to the mirror hoping that you've lost that 10 kilos overnight or whatever it might be. But, you know, I mean, a hundred years ago, did anyone give a shit about what their body looked like? Probably not. Like they couldn't care less. So it sucks now that what our image is defines so much of who we are as people. And at the end of the day, what has it got to do with, what does our body, body's shape have to do with how much we can love or how good of a person we can be, or, you know, how, how much of our kindness we can share with people. It has nothing to do with any of those things. So yeah, I mean, the neutrality thing is, yeah, definitely something that resonates with me much more than forcing yourself to love yourself because we have to, you know, meet ourselves where we're at in terms of what society is like at the moment. And that's a pretty big ask for a lot of people to say, no, just wake up and feel good. Don't worry about it. Just love your legs, love your arms, love it all. Sometimes we can't and that's okay. So yeah, I think that's a that's a really good kind of progression to work towards. Mm. So you said at the start that you sort of, when you introduce yourself, the first thing that comes to mind is Pilates teacher. So it is obviously your job, but it's also part of who you are and your identity. How did you first fall in love with Pilates and when did you decide to become a teacher? Mm, So I first started Pilates back when there really wasn't a lot of um, group Pilates or group reformer. You would either see it in a gym setting um, on the mat or it was more of a clinical setting where you would go there for rehab and use all of the apparatus. Um, but I was in my first year of uni and I was studying um, a bachelor degree in interior design, uh, which is a very, very tough course. Um, it was at an institute in Melbourne called, called RMIT and it's one of the most competitive courses to get into. Um, and with that just came so much pressure. Like it was 
more brutal than I could ever imagine that something could be. I remember at the very beginning they said to us, maybe it was one of the fourth years that said, they'll try to break you down until you feel like you can't be in this course anymore because by next year they want this course to at least half in how many people that are in here. So, you know, you already knew from the get-go, right, these guys are going to break me down and then try to build me back up. And that's 100% what it was. Um, and I was just looking for a little bit of relief. Um, I was studying in the city and I found um, a studio that was really close to my school. And I think maybe, I don't even know where I got the idea of reformer Pilates. I must have seen, I'm really obsessed with ballerinas and I must have seen a ballerina doing something on a reformer. And I thought, that looks pretty cool. I'll give that a crack. Um, I had been to gyms and stuff prior to that. Um, but you know, nothing more than like jumping on an elliptical and, you know, running like a little gazelle for like 30 minutes doing absolutely nothing. Um, so yeah, so I signed up for a two week trial, I think, um, went to my first class and I remember so, uh, vividly the sensation of having my feet up in the straps. If any, if anyone's done reformer and you'll, and you'll know what this feels like when you first do it. And we held on to the Pilates ring between our ankles and the actual tremoring of my legs. I will never get over that first sensation. It was crazy. My whole body was like, what is going on? Um, and I remember leaving that street. I could barely walk down the stairs, barely walk back to my car. <laughs> I was in love straight away because it was like, it was such a, you know, it's such an internal practice. You know, there's obviously the cues that your body can give you in terms of how it looks and its shape and its form, but it really drives you into yourself and you have no other option other than to focus 100% on what it is you're doing in the moment there and then. So it, straight away was such a relief for me to be doing something that I didn't have to think about uni. I didn't have to think about work or any of the stress that was going on in my life. I could just focus for 45 minutes on my body, the teacher teaching me, and that was it. Um, and I think that's such a powerful thing, especially when you're going through what was about to be a very hard couple of years for me, um, to have that solace and to have that, um, little thing to escape to was, was, yeah, I mean, you can't really put a price tag on it. And with the price tag, it was very expensive at that time. Um, you know, you, you make do and you do what you can. Uh, and then I think about, I think it was maybe halfway through my final year of uni, I was at that studio and I had just had the worst day in class. I had been totally just annihilated by this tutor. He hated all the work that I had done. It was just horrendous. And, uh, I was leaving the studio and I, my brother had called me as I was walking out and I just like started crying. He's like, how are you? And I just started bawling and he was like, what's going on? I was like, can I just quit school and be a Pilates teacher now? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So that was kind of pretty much the breaking point, I think, where I just was done crying all the time over a course that I really hated and just really didn't want to be doing. Um, so I finished up with uni and then as soon as that was done, I applied for, uh, my first course with breathe education and the rest is history as they say. <laughs> wow. That is such a cool story. I definitely resonate with how mindful Pilates is. I only started doing reformer at the beginning of this year just because I was from a small town and we literally just, I don't know any, any place that had even reformer 
machines. Um, and I found it yeah. so mindful, it w- way more mindful for me than yoga because I think in yoga my mind wanders so much. But then in Pilates you just are thinking like, oh, my gosh, this is hurting or like this is burning, like this feels good. And you're just so in the moment. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much to think about. I always try to remember that when I'm teaching newer clients, like you bombard them with so much. You're like, what's your pelvis doing? What's your hips doing? What's this doing? What's that doing? And then by the time you've thought of the last thing, you've forgotten about the first thing. So, you know, your mind is like constantly running and you're constantly internalizing. Um, So yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's different and everyone finds their sort of groove and flow state in lots of different modalities. But yeah, for me, maybe it was, it was because that was the first thing I chose. Maybe it wasn't, I don't know, but regardless, um, that was how it happened. <laughs> Such a good story. What would your advice be to beginners in the fitness world, whether it is Pilates or just go, stepping into a gym, if they are apprehensive about it, what would your advice be to them? Definitely to do your research. Um, look for a studio that seems, or a gym or whatever it might be, look for something that seems welcoming to you. Um, I can't stress how important it is to find a place that is going to help you be better, you know, and it's such a hard thing to find, especially if you're someone that's just thought of maybe working, walking into a commercial gym and just trying to, you know, figure it out on your own. At the end of the day, look, you walk into those places and you think everyone's staring at you, but guaranteed nobody's staring at you. No one cares what you're doing. Everyone's focused on themselves in those kinds of situations. Um, but just finding someone that can, you know, especially if it's a commercial gym, that's the most accessible. It seems like, you know, memberships are super cheap and people just kind of jump into it, but, you know, ask for help. That's why staff are there. It's, and they're always happy to do so. You know, everyone, everyone in this industry loves to nerd out about what their job is. And we love to help people. We love to give you tips and advice and our thoughts on technique and the best way to do things. So never be afraid to ask for that help. If you are someone that's going into something more of a boutique studio based kind of thing. You know, Instagram is such a great tool in that you can find the kind of place that their vibe sort of resonates with you, right? Maybe you're looking for something really, really community based, or maybe you're looking for a place that focuses really heavily on technique. Regardless, it needs to feel like a place that you feel welcome and you feel accepted in. And there's a studio like that or a gym like that for every person. We have such a plethora of choices now. There's so many studios, so many different styles. Um, but, you know, in saying that, dip your toe in. That's why seven-day trials are there. Try a bunch of different things. See which one resonates with you the most and the place that you feel most comfortable. But, you know, you always go back to the thing you have the most fun doing. So, yeah, my suggestion would be don't be afraid to ask for help. and just try it out, give it a go. Uh, Like I said, no one's looking at you. I know everyone thinks that everyone in that room is staring at the new person walking in, but everyone's just there to do exactly the same thing that you're doing. Exactly. And I think I definitely resonate when I started my fitness journey with feeling like everyone was looking at me. And now I feel like it's almost like a narcissistic thought because I know when I'm in the middle, especially of Pilates, because like I said, it is so consuming. There is no way. I wouldn't even notice if everyone got up and left. Like as long as the teacher's talking, like I'm concentrating. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's funny like that. Or even when you're in like, you know, your standard commercial gym, like if you're in the middle of a set, you couldn't care less who is walking into that gym and what they're doing on their own station is their business at the end of the day. So, and you only realize that, you know, after a month of doing it yourself, you're like, oh, maybe no one was looking at me and 
I was just <laughs> nervous. And that's, and that's completely normal and so part of the process. But, and you know, it's, it's, it's your first hurdle, right? It's like that big thing that you've just got to get over and you're going to have so many more of those things going into a fitness and health journey. If you're just starting out, there are hurdles all the way through. You get injury, you get tired, you, you know, overload something, you, whatever it might be, you have a weekend where you thought that you just totally went off whatever track you think it was you were supposed to be on. These hurdles exist all the way through. It's like, it's almost initiation, right? You go in and you're like, okay, I just got to get through this one day and then it'll be fine after that. So get through that first part and uh, everything from there will feel a lot easier. Exactly. So you mentioned at the start that you have been working with Keep It Cleaner. Mm. How did it feel to be asked to be a kick wellness trainer and what do you love about the role? So exciting when they asked me. Well, to be honest, um, I remember I was rock, I was parking at Ikea when Laura messaged me on Instagram and I was like, is she, does she think I'm someone else? <laughs> Why is she messaging me? Um, which is a testament to, you know, I guess how much I underestimated myself in the beginning. Um we actually, so I used to train at an F45 in Heidelberg with Steph and Laura. And whilst I was on the phone to Laura, after she asked me if I'd be interested, she was like, you look so familiar. Where is it? I know you from. I was like, we used to train at F45. She was like, oh, that is exactly where it's from. Yep. Um, but you know, it was such an exciting opportunity because I knew of the platform that they had and, you know, it's, at this point, gotten pretty much global. Like they have members all around the world who are doing these workouts. Um, so in a lot of ways, it was a little bit daunting because I knew that these classes are something that is going to reach so many people. Um, but more than that, it was just exciting, like getting to share what I love and getting to share these classes and sessions with so many different kinds of people and so many different fitness levels. Um, was yeah, just beyond exciting and such an honor as well. Cause they're so well established and have made such a big progression. I remember when they first started, I think they just had like a, like a recipe book, I think was the first thing that they had that I remember. And then from there, they've just catapulted and, you know, it started with such humble roots and such a beautiful message about what fitness could be for people. You know, Steph and Laura have both been through a lot in the industry that they're in. They've both understood the, um, the negative sides of, of this industry. And they've both been through that thing where you just push it too hard. You berate your body, you, you know, harass your diet, your nutrition, your fitness, all, to find out in the end that, you know, you didn't really need to do that from the beginning. So it's just a great, and especially, you know, going back to beginners, finding something that you can do in your own home, especially if you're feeling a little bit nervous and apprehensive about doing stuff in other, in front of other people, it's just widened the platform for people to be moving with joy and confidence. And, you know, to be a part of that has been such an honor and such a pleasure. I can't tell you how nice it is. I, every single day I still get messages on Instagram and on Facebook telling me, the people telling me how much they've enjoyed the session, how much they used to never do Pilates and now they love it because of my class. And like, that is, that is the reason that I do what I do for someone to tell me that their day was kind of crap, but now it's feeling really good because they feel strong and confident in their bodies. So yeah, honestly, beyond thankful for this opportunity. It's been so great so far. 
That's amazing. And honestly, I feel like people don't know how much weight comments like that have. I remember someone said something just by the by after a class, like, oh, you're my favorite instructor. And I was just like, oh, thank you. Like people don't know how much that means. Totally. And it's like, it's tear inducing every time. Like they might think it's just this. And someone would, someone wrote, they were like, oh, you probably won't even see this. And I was like, no, I see them all. What do you mean? They're so beautiful. So nice. So you obviously love what you do. You love Pilates. You love practicing Pilates. Do you ever struggle with motivation to move your body? (laughs) All the time. Yeah. Especially now that gyms and studios aren't open. Um, I'm very lucky in that my studio has lent me a reformer to have. um, And I have a little bit of kit, you know, a couple of different weights and that kind of thing. Um, Luckily for me, my job now entails me doing the classes with my clients. So I mean, I'm in a position where I'm paid to do fitness. So, you know, there's always that component and that doesn't really come from being motivated or disciplined. It's just, that's my job and I have to do it. Um, Outside of that, you know, before all of this kind of went down, especially in Melbourne, um, I trained uh, at a CrossFit gym pretty much seven days a week. Not every day was a hardcore day. Like sometimes it was just a really chill session, but Every day there was a time that I would go, whatever that day was that would slide into my schedule, I was there. And I always thought that I was so regimented and disciplined and so motivated until the gym was closed and I didn't have that thing to go to anymore. And I realized I'm actually not that disciplined. I just really, really enjoyed going there. I liked the community aspect. I love having a group around me of people doing the same thing, having a chat, having a laugh. And it turns out that it maybe wasn't so much about the fitness, but maybe more so about just that activity that was outside of work and that I, you know, didn't have to think about. Um, But, you know, and every day is different. And especially, you know, being in early pregnancy, that's been a bit of a struggle as well. That first trimester is just, they tell you it's, it's hard, but it's really hard, especially if you're trying to stay fit. And so I definitely haven't been working to my usual levels of activity. Absolutely not. But it's just about getting something in, you know, I think people really underestimate the power of going for a walk, right? That's still fitness. That's still moving. You're still doing something. It doesn't need to be, you know, a full hit session or strength session every single day on the days where you do feel like you can do it. Great. Do it. But you know, if you're feeling doing a little bit less then that's okay too. Yeah. It just comes back to finding something you enjoy and something that doesn't feel like a chore or a task. And if it does feel like a chore or a task, well, maybe just do something else that day. You don't, you know, no one's holding a gun to your head telling you you have to do the fitness. Truly, I promise they're not. Nothing's going to happen if you miss a day. (laughs) Okay. I have loved, loved chatting with you about this stuff. I love nerding out about fitness as well. But I do have one last segment, which is quick cues. So whatever comes to your mind first. Totally. Apples or bananas? Bananas. Go to workout song right now. The new Taylor Swift album. <laughs> oh my gosh. I run to that. People are like, how can you run to it? It's so slow, but I love it. <laughs> absolutely the same. <laughs> and last one, what is one item of clothing you could not live without? Leggings. Oh, yes. My, when people say when people say something like jeans, I'm like, I just cannot relate to you. Like, I'm not <laughs> to that. <laughs> so good, Christina. I'm going to link everything below, but thank you so, so much for joining us. Did you want to just quickly say where people can find you for more? Uh, yep. So you can find me on my Instagram handle at good.form. Um, and if you ever need anything or have any questions about life, 
fitness, Pilates, whatever, just shoot me a message. I promise I see all of them. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Christina. If you'd like to continue the conversation, the Instagram is at Real Health Podcast. And if you'd like to see or hear more from me, my Instagram is at Ebony May Health. Until the next episode, as always, I wish you happiness and real health.